Welcome back. It is still I am live on this beautiful Friday evening and uh, we're heading straight into our discussion for this evening. Tonight we're talking about the relationship between Christianity and political influence. And the question that we're answering is, can Christians influence politics without compromising our values? Now, you might be thinking that Christians should be staying as far away from politics as much as possible. And I understand why you'd think that, right? Because especially because some of the worst decisions in the world get made on uh, those uh, on political in political spaces. I mean, these are decisions that impact the lives of real people by the millions. I don't think there is on planet Earth. Um, personally, anyways, I could be wrong. I don't think there is a an institution that impacts the lives of people as much as the decisions that are made by politicians. I honestly don't. Whether you like it or not, when a politician makes a new law, a new rule, uh, increases tax, or decides that something is going to cost this much, or or like we've seen in uh, Ukraine and Russia, when your your leader decides that your country is going to war. You have no choice. You will be affected by that. So there's great power and responsibility that lies within that institution or being involved in that realm of decision making. So then the question becomes this. Should Christians have a a, a hand that we place within politics? Should we be involved in political influence or should we just stick to what we do best? Building churches, inviting people every Sunday, impacting their lives through the word and and, and, and helping them build their marriages, raise their children and be, um, you know, people who are living in peace rather than in chaos internally and externally. So people who are healthy in their souls, who are living healthy in their minds, who are living healthy in their bodies as well. Should the church church only be focused on having influence in that space? Or should we be positioning ourselves to have some level of political influence? Now, I remind you the fact that the church has been involved in political drama (laughs) for a very long time since anyone who's listening to this was born, right? I mean, if you think of Martin Luther King Jr., if you think of Desmond Tutu, if you think of the original Martin Luther, um, I mean, we as the church have always been influencing politics for many years. And I think in the past, the church has had more influence than it does today. Um, And that's something to acknowledge, right? That's something to really reflect on. And uh, it's, it's important for us to ask ourselves the question, why is the modern church so afraid of having political influence? Um, and if your answer to that question is because politics will influence our code of ethics and it will also bend um, or, 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 or hurt our values and our norms and our, 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 the things that we hold in high regard. Because if you take God's values and God's norms and then you look at what politics has become and the things that have been allowed through uh, uh, decisions made, you know, in 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 the in the realm of politics or in the space of politics or by political leaders, then I think we can agree that way it's becoming way more common for political leaders to make decisions that contradict our faith um, and the things that we believe in. Now, I'm going to lay a disclaimer right here. 
uh, because I know that a lot of us are supporters of many different political parties. I want to make it clear that we are not having this discussion to bash or to single out or to make any comment about any political party. The simple question that we are answering is whether Christians should have a, a, a more influence in the political space. That is simply the question that we are answering. I mean, if you go back to the Bible um, and go back to the from the time of Saul, when he became, uh, I think Saul actually became the first king of Israel, um, that was Saul having to lead Israel through the leadership of God, right? King David himself was involved in politics because he had to make political decision decisions. He had to decide who does he place to judge the people of God. Um, he had to decide when they're going to war and when they're not. He had to decide whether they uh, put a tax on people or not. Even Joseph, when he was in Egypt, he was involved through in, in political influence. Um, so now the question is, is there a wise way of being involved in politics as a Christian in the modern in the modern world and in the modern era that we live in while still preserving your values while still preserving your 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 dignity as a Christian right or will is it inevitable for um 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 the world or for po the world of politics to take your um, um, Christian values and rub them in the mud. <laughs> I personally, my answer to that question is that we can be involved in politics. Um, I don't necessarily think that that means you need to become a politician. Uh, because I mean, if you think of Joseph, when he was in Egypt, he was not a politician. He just lived a lifestyle that are so exemplary of a good leader that those who were in leadership in Egypt at the time took him and placed him in a position that gave him political influence. So he decided the well-being of Egypt at the time because of how he carried himself, how he conducted himself. Um, and that's a very, very important thing to think back to, right? Uh, where we need to start asking ourselves, can God give us that much influence? Because if God puts you in that position um, and he tells you that I'm with you, I will give you the, the wisdom. Um, and if you continue studying the word and learning, you know, especially the book of Proverbs, Psalms, the books of wisdom, basically, um, and praying and having a very intimate relationship with God, I would argue that you are at in even a better position than Joseph was in his time. And remember that this is not me saying that you should become a politician per se, because that's not the only way that you can have political influence. Um, I mean, which quite honestly, that it, it is the very difference between David and Joseph. Joseph had political influence without being a politician, right? Um, he was trusted by the, the Pharaoh, who was himself by default a politician, and he was placed in a position of making very grave decisions that affected many people's lives. You know, I mean, literally, uh, Joseph had the power to decide how much land will the Pharaoh take in, 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 in place of the people of Egypt 
uh, or in in exchange for food because there was a famine at the time right um he was in he had that much decision making power and then you have david who was an actual politician because he was king right and a king has to make political decisions um and and you see th- these are very two entities and very two different uh people who showed leadership and influence in politics in vastly different ways but both of them were doing it under the leadership and headship of God. Um, I really want to hear your opinion on this, Charles. I'm very excited to know what you think because I know for a fact that this is a topic that you've been excited for. I absolutely love the topic for discussion this evening, and that is the fact that can Christians uh, have an influence on on politics without actually degrading our values or actually compromising our values. I absolutely love this because I think it is something that Christians as today struggle with a lot. Like the moment that there's some other law that might be changed, we as Christians probably uh, all like to have the loudest voice shouting the loudest because we say that it's anti-biblical, it's against the Bible, it's against our belief system, and uh, which in actual sense then goes against um, the human, what is it called? But about against our the basic beings of human being, uh, your human law, humanistic laws. I can't even remember the name now, right? But it goes against that. And we as Christians like to do that. The moment that they said they were trying to change the legislation with regards to public schools and the fact that people can pray in public schools, we were the first ones to jump up and down and said, that is just against the law. We will not allow it. It's a basic human right in order for you to, to pray in a school and to practice your religion as long. And then the problem with Christians is the fact that we then feel that as long as your religion is Christianity. Unfortunately, that's the way that we work nowadays. Uh, we feel, I think to a certain degree, we feel that within Christianity and within politics, we need to be loud. I uh, almost want to say we need to be obnoxious and we want to share the gospel by any means necessary. And then we are not necessarily that which Jesus commanded in Matthew saying that we should be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Now, the best example or the best biblical example that I can find of this is the fact that Daniel and his three friends were actually sent out, right? So Daniel, uh, my God lives, if I'm not mistaken, is the actual meaning of his name, my God lives. And he was then sent to Babylon, like what we discussed earlier on with Jeremiah 29:11. Him and a couple of the young, attractive, wise, strong muscular guys were chosen by the Babylonian king to come and work for him and they were then uh, no longer placed in exile but they actually became part of the Persian rule they would live in the castle and they need to do the certain things that the king then obviously expected of them now the first thing is he placed them on a certain diet in order for them to to even become more muscular to see if he can grow their intelligence by the way of the food that they ate and just to I don't want to say dehumanize them, but he wanted to de-Jew them. He wanted to take the Jewishness away from them and make them more Persian or more Greek. Right. So that's the one thing that King Xerxes wanted to do. Was it Xerxes? No, it was Darius, I think, at that stage. King Darius. That's one of the things that he wanted to do. And that's when Daniel stood up and he said, but listen, uh, me and my friends here, we're not going to do that. Can we eat our Jewish food and then we will compete against your people and then we will see who's the strongest? 
and to th- to that I want to say that that's I think that's the biblical example of how Christians should be in politics. We should not actually um, place our value system on the line. We should hold fast to our values without necessarily broadcasting our values, hold fast to our values, and merely living them out, right? And then we can have an influence on politics. We see this publicly. We see that Daniel did that. We also see uh, not only the lion's den, which happened way later when Daniel was about 80 years old, but we see his, his, his friends actually being thrown into the fiery furnace. They refused to bow to the God of that stage. It wasn't the king like many people believe. It was actually the God of that stage. They refused to bow to him, uh, bow to the God, because what they did is the king created a God so that all people can pray to that God so that there won't be different religions anymore. They refused to bow down. And he said, okay, then I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace. And then they go ahead and they tell the king, listen, you can throw us in the fiery furnace, but our God will save us or our God will save us. And if he does not save us, we will still not bow the knee. Uh, We will still obviously live and breathe and proclaim our God. And I feel that that's the way. I feel what those three guys did when the new law was passed is that not they did not write a petition. They did not complain on Facebook. They merely continued living out their value system without sacrificing it, without, uh, you know, without playing, I don't want to say playing a fool with the value system. They just lived it out and they neither did they broadcast it to the entire world. They lived according to their value system and the political sphere that they found themselves in were changed by the fact that they made certain decisions to benefit the country but also from the wisdom and knowledge that God has given them because they were holding truth to the knowledge that they received from him. You know, Charles, I think for the most part, um, you and I are definitely in agreement. And I love how you point out the fact that in order for us as Christians to have any level of political influence um, and still maintain our values, our ethics, and, um, you know, the things that we know are eternally good, uh, regardless of the times that we're living in, um, in order for us to hold on to those, we will need to be very stubborn. Uh, we will need to have a very close relationship with God, and we will need to familiarize ourselves quite often um, with regards to what exactly are Christian values. What are the things that God values as opposed to the things that are valued by and in the world? Um, This is very important for us to educate ourselves um, as Christians so that these don't become things that we assume. You know, I I, I went to a website quite recently um, and it was specifically a a website that shows you all the things, uh, the things that people assume are in the Bible but actually aren't. So it's things that we think are in the Bible because uh, because we've been saying them for so long, you know, like um, cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> we've been saying those things for so long, but only to realize that this is, wait a minute, this is actually not in the Bible. I remember once I had a debate with someone and they were adamant that they this thing was in the Bible, this thing was in the Bible. Like just to give a few, right? Did you know that, um, 
Adam and Eve actually didn't, the Bible doesn't say that they ate an apple in the garden. It just says that uh, Eve gave Adam a fruit. Um, and the, um, the, the, the wise men, the, the, I think they're called the Ma Major. <laughs> I forgot what's the word that the Bible uses. Uh, but did you know that it doesn't actually refer to them as the three wise men? Um, it actually just refers to three gifts that they were given. The Magi, I think they're called the Magi. Uh, it actually just refers to three gifts that they were given. So we made the conclusion that they are three wise men. Um, and then also a whale, uh, there's actually quite a lot, hey, quite a lot. Um, a, a whale swallowed Jonah. Um, you can actually Google this and just shock yourself with just how many things we assumed are in the Bible, or rather we interpreted them in that way and we kept it that way. So we continue to say that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, whereas the Bible says he was actually swallowed by a great fish. To assume that it's a whale is a, is a proper assumption, obviously, because I mean, what fish is bigger than a, what what fish great fish is bigger than a whale, right? Um, and also, um, well, there's there's a number of them. The reason I mention these um, is not to deviate our discussion, but rather to make the point that. When it comes to having political influence as a Christian, you cannot continue to assume that you know scripture. You have to know that you know that you know, because it will be your guiding light in terms of morality, right? We know that there are things that are biblical truth and God's words will, you know, when the, when the Bible says, um, I think it's in Matthew uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, where they, they, they talk about the buildings that will break down when when Jesus is is crucified and Jesus obviously doesn't say it bluntly and he says uh you know the the walls and all of these things will fall but my words will are eternal they will live forever right they will never fall that's how important the word of god is it is eternal and if the word of god is eternal we then have to start asking ourselves what are some of the moral values that we have bent to accommodate the modern world that we live in, right? Now, these are issues of marriage, of dating, of, um, you know, um, sexual intercourse, of abortion, of what are the things that you will refuse to bend, regardless of what the political climate may be, you know, will you refuse to bend? And that's a very, very important uh, relationship that we need to have with the word and also a something that we need to settle within ourselves and be stubborn, like refuse, refuse and refuse upon refusing to bend when it comes to those things. And unfortunately, if, if I'm quite being honest, right, when you're existing within a space, um, whether it's a space of influence or something as simple as work, it's very difficult for you to be the oddball. It's not easy for you to be the one who always, who doesn't side with everybody else, right? The odd one, it, it, to be the odyssey, basically. It's really, really not easy. It, it hurts. You're treated like an outcast. Even when you're not, you feel like an outcast. You always have the assumption that people are looking at you as the one who thinks they're better than the other. And I think that's the challenge of um, um, wanting to have a, as, as a believer, wanting to have a certain level of influence, right? But also at the same time in, I mean, political influence, that is most specifically, 
you want to have a certain level of political influence whilst at the same time not bending to the things or the, or to the norms that society has adopted to the values that society has adopted to the things that society is actually arguing for and you know in your heart that these are actually things i should be arguing against right i shouldn't be embracing these ideologies um i shouldn't be arguing for these ideas it's not easy um it really really isn't easy another thing i wanted to mention right is the fact that in order for you to have any form of political influence, we should open our imagination and stretch our imaginations. The reason is because there are, throughout history, there are musicians that have um, managed to influence pol pol the politics of the time through their music and through their craft and their art. Because you have, unfortunately, right? Um, so here's the thing. I, I suppose I should make this distinction before uh, even getting into this topic. There is a very big difference uh, between m being in a position of being able to, um, you know, make decisions that influence the politics of a nation. There's a very big difference between influencing the law of a country, influencing the culture of a country, influencing what's allowed and what's going to happen within that nation, and influencing the general belief of the people. Now, And, and we're going to have to understand what's more important. Is it important for people? So let me make this example. Let's say we have a... A, a nation that only has a hundred people um, and let's say five of those people are in leadership and then five of them are in the arts right and they're in those, those tw 10 people are influencing the rest of the 90 people would you rather be within politics and you know political leadership or would you rather be an artist that's able to influence the culture and the zeitgeist of the time now the obvious answer is that if both the, the 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 artists as well as the politicians were to be influenced by believers then we would have or rather should in theory have better nations right um however you know i say in theory because we we do have to admit the fact that the church statistically is actually suffering just as much depression anxiety and divorce as the world if not worse in some cases. And that's that's very, very burdening to know. Um and and, and it's heart wrenching to know, right? It's it's disheartening. Um and, and this means that in order for us to say that we want to have political influence as the church, we're really gonna have to up our game when it comes to um, you know, such issues that are even plaguing us within the church. Um, we're really going to have to work on our marriages. We're going to have to work on, and I know that there's no one, actually there is a one size fits all, but not in a, it's not easy. Um, it, it, it's not as easy. It's not, it's, it's not that easy. And it's not as easy as me saying, here's a plate, eat this meal and your life will be fine. But anyways, moving on to the point that I was making. So I was simply making the point that what we need to understand is that we can also influence modern culture, which is a conversation that we will have actually in another episode. So I'm not going to dwell much, much on this um, episode uh, that we will have in, an, in another day. Um, so you can have 
and change the course of a, a nation and the things that they think just by being a musician and an artist. And remember that polit- when a politician leaves their position, most of us forget that, the, that they were ever even in, 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 in that position, that they were ministers or that they were politicians so-and-so. The ones we remember are the presidents and the really popular ministers. Uh, but musicians, we listen to their music like... I mean, Bonganingema, for example, uh, an amazing artist, Brenda Farsi. You know, I'm not saying these are perfect people, but I'm just trying to make the, 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 the example of how we remember musicians way more than we remember politicians. Um, and that's how musicians are able to influence the culture of a people. A very important thing to acknowledge, but at the same time, being an artist is not easy, right? Um, and and being an artist doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're having political influence. You may be having cultural influence, but you may not be having political influence. We're very interested in hearing your thoughts. Remember that we do share these uh, conversations on our website, uh, and we'll be soon launching a new website, a new I Am website, where you will be finding uh, the conversations and discussions that we're having here on the show. And you can also catch them on radiopulpit.co.za or radiocouncil.co.za or on any streaming platform that you use. I don't believe that we're currently on Spotify, uh, but any other, um, um, including on, on Apple, on, on Apple, I think it's called Apple Podcast or something. Uh, you can listen to these uh, conversations because we upload them there. Uh, share with us your comments on our social Social media platforms. Search for I Am um, Youth Radio on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, as well as YouTube. Very interested in knowing what you think.